You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 160. Today I'm talking to my good friend, Carrie Green, all about how she visualizes her business into existence. This is going to be a good one. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 1.2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. James Wedmore here. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast, where we talk everything, mindset, personal development, the weird woo-woo stuff, everything that it takes to create success in your business and in your life from the inside out. I feel like my voice is starting to go. Can you hear that a little bit? I've been filming videos all day, maybe just talking way too much <laughs> before I get on a podcast, but we've been filming videos, brand new training videos for my flagship marketing and business training program, Business by Design. If you haven't marked your calendars for June 14th, 2018, you're going to want to go ahead and do that right now. We're so excited to release this training. You're going to love it. It's all about how to step into the digital CEO role of your business so that you can work less and start making more. Head on over to jameswedmore.com forward slash rise, R-I-S-E. Put your name on the wait list now. We got some extra special goodies coming your way before that date. Okay, so you're here and you're ready to listen to another episode. And if it's Monday, I want to give you an extra special hug because that probably means you're one of my loyal listeners and that just makes me super happy. So thank you for starting your day off and your week off with a little dose of mindset magic. Today's episode is going to inspire you like you cannot believe. It's going to take you on an adventure. You're going to just drift off and use that imagination of yours to start dreaming and thinking bigger than you ever have before. Because that's how I felt while interviewing my good friend, Carrie Green. She shares such an incredible story, her journey to where she is today. She is the founder and the creator of the Female Entrepreneur Association. It is basically the largest association for women business owners. And if you're a female and you're an entrepreneur, if you haven't heard of her, if you're not a part of that association, you're missing out. Now, she started that back in 2011, and we'll get into her journey during the interview, but she's also the author of the book, She Means Business, also amazing, and I look at her, I look at what she's accomplished, what she's created, she's done a TED Talk before, she's you know been asked by Hay House to write a book, she's got a massive, massive audience, a ton of people that just follow her, love her, and adore her. And it's no surprise. And that's the first thing that she will share with you is that success doesn't happen on accident. And she used one tool to create all of this. And I'm so excited to see what's next for her because I think there's so much more that she is creating and visualizing. And she uses one tool, visualization. 
And it's what has allowed her to realize her dreams, realize her business dreams. And it's so exciting. And she shares so many amazing stories. So I'm so excited for this episode because I just know that you're going to pay full attention. I just know that you're going to stop with the distractions and you're going to start to visualize more. It's going to start to become a daily practice for you in your life. You start to imagine and think about and daydream about all the things that you want in your life, no matter where you're at right now, no matter what is going on in your external reality. See, all right, we'll get into a little tangent. You know, here it goes, James, with a tangent. Just get to the interview. But here's the thing. Whatever is going on around right now, like just take stock of like how busy your day was or your financial situation or I don't have any clients or blah, blah, blah. And understand that those results you have right now are a reflection of your past, your past actions, your past beliefs, your past attitudes, your past perspectives, your past. And it's now that matters. And what you create for tomorrow and what you visualize today has nothing to do with that. Nothing. That's gone. Bye-bye. But the reason we stay stuck is because we continue to create, visualize, and speak to the results that we see that are from our past. And we just perpetuate it. And it repeats itself and it becomes this vicious, vicious cycle. This is one of the ways out of it. This is what works for Carrie. It works for me. I do it. I do it a little differently than she does, but it works. Try it on. Visualize what you want despite what you got going on in this moment. So try it on. Have some fun. And let's go ahead and play that interview with my good friend, Carrie Green. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with the one and only... Carrie Green. Carrie, how you doing? I'm good. It's so good to be here. Yes. Thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it, especially because you're doing so many amazing things. And so I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. So our listeners know that you and I hang out in a peer formed mastermind group. And, you know, today I really only want to mastermind and do business with, quite frankly, those that, I mean, I guess I, I don't know, the most simplistic way I could say it is like have a spiritual approach to business or at least a spiritual side that they've integrated yep. into the way they do business. And it's been so enjoyable for me the last few months of just getting to know you a little bit more as a person, but also what that looks like for you. And I think that's really what I would love for our listeners to get as well is a bit of a dose of how you apply the unseen really to business. I know you've had some just like extraordinary accomplishments. So I'd love to get into that today. Is that, I mean, does that sound good to you? I mean, this is my favorite topic in the world. I'm like, <laughs> I just, nothing pleases me more than talking about this stuff. I mean, you can sprinkle a bit of alien chatting on the side. Yeah. Which is well. <laughs> I try and get that in there a little bit. You know, I try and slip that in when the listeners are, are kind of dozing off and they're just like, we're not alone. <laughs> and then we keep going and they're like, what did he just say? Yeah. So maybe, maybe when you say this stuff, what is a label that you would, if you had to give it a word, like, what do you call it? This stuff? I, I feel like it's like power of the mind stuff. Mm. Like, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. Actually, we were chatting earlier and I was thinking about this when we were talking about, you know, schools and kind of the 
the way schools get us thinking about, you know, how to be, how to grow up, how to, how we should think and act. I think that if schools taught a power of the mind class, I mean, it doesn't have to be actually called that, but it essentially teaches the power of the mind. Where would we all be at? Like, what would be possible for us all? Yeah. And to me, I think this is everything as an entrepreneur like if you grasp this actually not even just as an entrepreneur just as anybody in life who wants to live the best life ever if you grasp the power of your mind it transforms your life and i think to me as an entrepreneur because that's what i love doing it's changed everything so it kind of sits above being an entrepreneur and drives my business forward so, and, yeah. that, and it's because it, it changed my life back in 2011 before I started the Female Entrepreneur Association because actually the Female Entrepreneur Association was an idea I'd been sat on since 2008. And I'd started it as, under multiple different names, but then had constantly thought, who am I to do this? Who am I to create this? I had another business at the time. I kind of got in my way so much with it, like so many of us do. We have these ideas and we want to achieve something amazing, but we don't give ourselves permission to do it. And that was me. And then 2011, I had this massive wake up moment and I created this mission. I called it my mission, uh, mission success challenge. And I, it was a challenge to see what would be possible if I conditioned myself for success and actually took what I wanted to create, my dreams and this vision, and actually tried to make it happen and make it my reality and took responsibility for creating it. That decision literally changed my life wow. and was the reason why I am where I am today. And so that's why I love talking about this stuff because I think it's everything. To uh, absolutely. I, I, I do as well. And I'd love if we can get into a little bit more in a moment of some of the details of like that process and, and that exercise. You just kind of created that, like made it up yourself. Yeah, just for fun. I was just, <laughs> I love that. I started a journal and I literally went, I literally got the, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, a pink journal that I started back when I started the Female Entrepreneur Association. And I just documented what I was doing and everything, which is now so cool to look back and read all that stuff and yeah. see some of the tear stained pages when it got too hard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and yeah. it's also amazing you've been doing this since 2011. Like yeah. that's, that's like ages ago in internet years, you know? Okay. So let's go, let's go back a few things I want to unpack here. First of all, power of the mind. I love that. Is that when you learned this? Is it in 2011? Is this something you grew up with? Like, where did you first make the break? from, you know, going the standardized school brainwashing way to like <laughs> Hogwarts school of mental magic. Yeah. Well, I feel really lucky. My dad is super into this stuff. So he got into it when he was a I think when he was a teenager and his first, the first personal development book he read was Al Quran's bring out the magic in your mind. And so when I was growing up, but I think when I was about nine or 10, he sent me and my sister and two brothers on this course all about basically the power of the mind. And we learned the power of positivity. We learned about putting ourselves in a bell jar. But one of the things that I remember so vividly was visualization. And um, we learned this visualization. It was called the house on the right bank. And the visualization was you close your eyes and you imagine going through a field, crossing over a river, and on the right bank is your house. And this house can be whatever you want it to be. And as a nine-year-old, I think mine was like a log cabin. 
And so you, there are different rooms inside of your house. One of them is a shower room where you go in and my shower worked by, I clapped my hands and the shower turned on and it was like this golden stream of light that kind of washed you. And you could look and see all the negativity, the black draining away and that you were like kind of coated in positivity. But there was another room in the house and it was called the editing suite. And basically in the editing suite, there were movie screens and the one to the right was basically where you could watch your future and you could create your future. There's actually um, an exercise that Muhammad Ali actually, he used to call it future history. In this exercise, we got to create the future. And I, as a nine-year-old, you think, what? This, I mean, I had such a big imagination anyway, but it was so cool. And we got a little cassette tape and we got to take it home with us. And we got to, I got to listen to it every single night falling asleep. Mm. And then my dad loved people like Jim Rohn. So as a 12 year old, he got me watching Jim Rohn videos. I was like, dad, who the heck is this guy? And then he'd go around the house, like quoting Jim Rohn. And, and then he always used to say, Carrie, decide what you want and write it down. And so as a teenager, I created my first ever goal folder. I put in there my school grades and I got my grade card and I typixed out all the terrible grades I had and switched out for A's and I got a bank statement and I vividly remember this I changed the statement and I changed it to say 36 million I have no idea where that figure came from but that was the figure I put on my bank statement and um, I got a picture of a car I wanted and I cut out a picture of my head and put it on top of the model's head and put that in my goal folder and it was like this black folder and it was like plastic wallet so I could put stuff inside and in the back one I put in a bottle of perfume of how I wanted my life to smell when I was successful. And I would take it out from time to time and smell this bottle of perfume like wow. an absolute weirdo. <laughs> and I would just be like, um, like connecting with feeling successful and feeling that things were just amazing. It wasn't necessarily like a clear vision I had in my mind. It was more of a feeling of, of happiness and of success and of things just going amazingly well. So that, and that was when I was like a, my, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 or something. And yeah, so I started using that and then kind of fell off the bandwagon a little bit with it all. And then just kind of completely got back into it in my twenties. Well, let Um, me, let me ask, um, let me ask you there, is there anything that like really showed up for you in those, you know, when you were like 13, when you were doing all that stuff that manifested then? Well, funnily, I suppose I didn't really know I would be, I'd run a business, but I suppose a lot of the stuff that I was thinking about, it was about, well, it wasn't, I I didn't know the vehicle in which that would lead me to where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But I think that the life that I live now is so aligned with the feeling that I had when I was a teenager. Got it. And I think kind of that is what it is. Like it's a feeling. It's not necessarily a material thing that's going to bring us all the joy in the world. Yeah. I think it's tuning in with how we want our lives to feel. I think that's the most powerful thing. So what you're basically telling us is that we're all screwed because we haven't been doing this since we were 12. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, sure someone in an instant. I, I'm sure someone has probably started to think that is like, oh no, I'm doomed because for the first like 20 years of my life I thought the exact opposite. So let me let me actually just ask that. Like, do you feel that someone who maybe has never heard any, like this is the first episode they're listening to. You know, I've 150 someone episodes of talking about this stuff. This is the first one they listen to. They've got a whole life behind them of operating a different way, the old way. And now they hear this. Could someone start today? 
if I was that person, I'd be so bloody excited mm. because like you could change your life and it could happen literally so fast because doing this stuff is so transformational. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think it makes a difference. I agree with that. I agree, but I'm, I'm glad I asked that just for the person that might be thinking that. Okay. Before <laughs> we, before we move on, what was the bell jar thing that you went over the really fast? Oh my gosh, this is a great one. So, you know, if you go to an event or you meet someone and they're just a really negative, nasty, horrible person, and I'm sure for all the entrepreneurs listening that have haters, they'll know what mm. this feels like. Yeah. So basically it was this concept that you put yourself in your bell jar. So you imagine a protective, I suppose like you could imagine it as like a, a light around you, but you basically imagine that you've like a, an actual bell jar there's a bell jar being placed over you and nothing can get into it so nothing can harm you nothing can the negative energy can't reach you so essentially you're protecting your energy and when i was nine years old i didn't realize how woo 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 that really was i just <laughs> thought it was fun yeah <laughs> so but it's good and it works because i think you know i mean everyone can feel it you can feel it when a negative person walks into the room it is you can feel it yes. and so I think it's just protecting. Well, and there's another thing, even to just remove like negative blah, blah, blah. Cause it's not like someone's like necessarily like a negative person. Like they just might be going through something and have, oh, yeah, exactly. right. But then the other thing too is, is that, and this is something even more real for me and, and this is not a judgment or anything. I, I totally get it, but there's a lot of people I can imagine Carrie, that don't necessarily have like negative energy, but when they see you in person, their energy is like, there's something they love so much about you. You know, Carrie's got a huge following, like readers and members and listeners of her podcast that like, you can imagine that one of them seeing her for the first time, like wants to be in that energy of hers, like wants to be around that. And so they're just like, they're kind of like eating it up. Like they're, they're yeah. taking it. And so, you know, it's, you know, what people could call an energy vampire. And I don't even want to use that word. Cause like a vampire is usually like, ha oh, the villain. And it's like, <laughs> people don't know that they're doing it. They're just, they want to be closer and like, oh my gosh. And you know, and you might've noticed yourself doing that. If you saw like a celebrity, like in your town, you're like, oh, yeah. I got to go get my autograph. It's like, you're actually doing the same thing. And so I actually think this is a great exercise and I think it's really important. I don't know if I've shared with you this, Harry, but here's some cool tips too. Let's try it. I don't know if you, are you still, have you done the bell jar thing recently? I or do only it, kid? Literally whenever I go and meet the people or events, I do it all the time. Okay. So here's, here's how we, this is what I call stacking the deck. Like how you can just add on top of it. Try this and tell me if it makes any difference. Imagine the bell jar is made of gold. Now, because I heard a long time ago from uh, the spiritual practitioner that was my mentor that gold reflects and bounces off. So it's even I like that. it's even more powerful, right? The other things I had someone else that shared this with Brandon and I is that if you take your pointer finger and your thumb and you put them together so you have that like OK symbol in each hand yeah. and then you link the OKs together like a chain between your two hands. I don't know if I described yeah. that right. And you do that 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 will actually like close off your chakras and protect you more as well. Yeah. I don't know whether it was you or Brandon. I'm sure one of you told me. About yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. I think, I, I think one of us must've told you that. Yeah. So those are like, you know, little things to add on, but I, I love that. I love that you're still using this. So you'd really say then that learning this stuff is as a kid, I mean, maybe you were just getting practice, you're getting aware of it, but like you look back at, you know, what you've accomplished, what you've created and everything you've done. And it's fair to say, I don't want to lead you too much, but that, that this has been the major, a major piece in all of that, I guess. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it was a huge foundational piece for me. I think like with anyone, I learned that stuff and then kind of like lost my way with it. Yeah. When I, I started my first business in 2005, which was phone unlocking randomly. Oh, what? And, um, what was it? Yeah, it was mobile. It was like phone unlocking. So like, you know, if your phone's locked to a carrier, we could unlock your phone, which oh, was legal. Goodness. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and that was my first taste of online business, online marketing world. Wow. So I was at university at the time, actually. And when I left, well, graduated from university, the business was doing really well. It was making about £10,000 a month, which at the time was just like, I mean, for anyone, actually, is I was just like, this is insane. Um, I was 21, 22. I ended up living in the Birmingham, which is where I went to university in the UK. And I was living by myself, running the business from my spare bedroom that I turned into an office. And I just felt really lonely and isolated, which is actually where the idea to create a platform for female entrepreneurs came from because all the people I knew who ran businesses were guys, which is totally fine. I have loads of guy friends and I love that. But then they'd go out for like a beer and I wouldn't really be invited Uh, (laughs) naturally. And so that's where the whole desire to create a community for women came from for me. But I just, I think, I don't know whether it was because I was lonely, I was in my own head, but I definitely went down a black hole of just feeling like so much self-sabotage and so much negativity. I would read books, personal development books, but they would almost make me feel even worse and confuse me more and just make me feel, yeah, just more crap about everything. So I've definitely, even though I've had that peace in my life early on, I've definitely fallen off the bandwagon with it. It took me until 2011 to really get in the right place with it. And there was two things that really helped me. One of them was rereading The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Mm-hmm. And he has a chapter or section in it called Primary Aims. And in this section, he basically says, imagine walking into a room and sat in the room are your friends and family. And as you walk down the center of the room, you see a box. And as you get to the front of the room, you realize that you're in the box and it's your funeral. And he said, what do you want people to be saying about the kind of life that you lived, about the kind of person you were and the kind of things you achieved? And I remember thinking, well, firstly, I don't want to be known as the girl who unlocked mobile phones. (laughs) Um, And um, it just kind of made me think, what would I want people to be saying? And then the second thing that really happened was actually coming across a quote by Tony Robbins, who some are hating at the moment, understandably. The quote was, your destiny is determined by the choices you make. Choose now, choose well. And it was kind of a bit of those combined things were a bit of a wake up call because for the previous few years, I'd been choosing to be so negative. I'd been choosing to feel lonely and to feel like I wasn't good enough and to feel like I couldn't actually follow my dreams. And I was holding myself back so much. And I realized that if I kept choosing to make the same decisions over and over and over again, that I was going to keep going around in circles and I was never going to get out of the place that I didn't want to be in. I knew in that moment that my success was on my shoulders and that I was the only one that could actually do something about it. And I was so fed up and sick and tired of feeling frustrated because I wasn't where I wanted to be. I'd sat on so many webinars watching so many other people. Like back then it was kind of people like Frank Kern and people like that. I would listen to their success and they were doing something that they were passionate about and that they loved doing. And I thought, I, you know, I've got this idea and I really want to run with it. I just, I wasn't allowing myself to do it. And I just, yeah, reached this point of just feeling so frustrated. And then that's when I went on this mission to just say, 
this doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it figured out, but you've got to change. And I had to take responsibility for everything in my life and make the decision to explore the possibilities. And when I realized it was just an adventure and that I could just explore and just see where things went, that's when stuff starts to change. And when I said, this has to be more about me programming myself for success, retraining my brain for success. And if I can do that, I change who I'm being. And if I change who I'm being, I'm going to change the results and the outcome that I get in my life. And that's what I knew how to do. I didn't know how to build a platform for female entrepreneurs or get create success with that. I didn't know that. But I did know that I couldn't create the success with that idea by continuing to be the same person that I had been being for the previous however many years. Right. So I think it was that shift that, well, I don't think, I know, it was that <laughs> shift that just changed everything. Well, I, I love that. I feel like everyone listening that has someone they look up to in some respect, they follow them, they listen to them, you know, all these experts, these influencers, these authorities, these change makers, I believe, I would venture to guess that all of them have had this same you know, we can just call it a come to Jesus moment of taking responsibility 100% for their lives that you described. Cause I remember when I did this, like I remember that because yeah. you said, and I'm just going to highlight it where you said you realized you discovered for yourself that I'm the only one who's going to do something about it. Guys, mm -hmm. listeners, no one's coming to save you. No one's, and I'm not trying to be negative or, or scary. It's actually a beautiful thing, but no one's coming to do the work for you. And it's that moment when you come face to face, when you say it's all on me and it's up to me that you can take full responsibility and responsibility isn't about blame. It isn't about anything else than just, you are the cause and the creator of what you want. And I think if we were to interview every amazing person like yourself that's accomplished extraordinary things, you'd find that they hit that moment. And that's what yeah. starts to change it. Because you can't, you this like, you can't get somewhere where you like, I did something that I once thought was impossible. I created something that's impacted all these people and have gotten there, you know, as, as you said when I interviewed you before, by accident. Yeah. Right. Like I just woke up one day and it was like, whoa, I just did all these things. Yeah. Without first that piece. And that might be something for our listeners to really like check in. Like, are you holding back? Are you waiting for some date in the future where everybody somehow someone is going to come and they're going to solve all this and fix it? And, and you know, it's kind of like what you see, like with like actors or something like or wannabe actors that they're like walking around, like hoping to be found hoping to be yeah. discovered. I mean, I guess cause I'm more closer to LA. Like I really hear all those stories and like people that want to be an inspiring actor and like their strategies to like hang out and wait to be found. And like <laughs> that might work for like one in a million, but for the most of us, it's like, guys, that's not happening as an entrepreneur. So I really love that. I think that's a, a pivotal moment. Gosh, I was going to ask you another question. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So it sounded like too, when you were sharing earlier that when you came up with the idea, First of all, also notice listeners is that through Carrie's like a darker time or a struggle is where the idea for this super successful membership or her association, the female entrepreneur association was created. And that's another thing. Like I can hear in how you're sharing Carrie, just like how introspective you are and <laughs> like to be able to go, 
oh man, I'm, you know, like the guys are kind of leaving me. I'm like alone and you know, like I got no one else. And that it's that experience that you had that birthed the desire for something like this. And Mm -hmm. how often are we doing that? How often are when times are tough, are we just saying things like, why is this happening to me? Versus like, oh, this could be something that if I'm feeling this way, other people could be feeling this way. And I think that's the difference between an entrepreneur versus someone who's not. Is the entrepreneur mm-hmm. has a developed a better ability to identify and find opportunity. Yeah. Plain and simple. So you did that. But, but you got to this idea, you came to this idea, and at one point you asked a question, who am I to be doing this? So mm-hmm. I'm also going to venture to guess that all of our listeners have asked that same question and might be asking themselves that question right now. Well, how do we get over that? Well, I think for me, it was the realization that it's kind of like Marianne Williamson's quote about who am I not to? It's, mm. I can't remember her exact quote, but I think it just kind of reached the point of realizing that this is my life and I have one life and who cares? It was when I let go of, of everything having to be figured out or me having to have things figured out and realized that this was an adventure and I was just exploring and I was seeing where things could go. And I think it was taking the pressure off myself. That's the moment that allowed me to do it. And I have actually found this a recurring theme throughout growing my business. For example, when I wrote my book, when I, you know, at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is a business book, but I'm not like the expert at all things business. Like I don't know everything. I can't tell every single entrepreneur how to create a successful business. And I kind of felt so overwhelmed by the pressure to to write the book. I just couldn't, I kept missing my deadlines. Mm. And then it just took for me to give myself permission to just share my experiences and to go on an adventure to kind of explore what I could actually talk about and what did come up and what I could, you know, what I could share and authentically. And then when I switched into that mindset, it was like I got out of my own way. So yeah, I think it is just that, who am I not to do, you know, who am I to yeah. do this? It's kind of like, well, what's it going to take for me to get out of my own way and to make this happen? The other thing I always think is, you know, we are on this planet. I always think of this whenever I'm trying doing something that terrifies me. We're on this planet that hovers in blackness surrounded by fireballs in this universe. We quite frankly don't understand. And it just puts into perspective the fact that like we are here. And more importantly, like if you know, you're listening to this right now, I don't think there's accidents. I think you're listening to it for a reason, for whatever reason, like maybe you just guided to hear whatever it is you were meant to hear. But I think that we are here to make the most of things and to make the most of the opportunities that are in front of us. And there are so many incredible opportunities in front of all of us right now. And I don't want to get to be on my deathbed and think, damn it, I wish I'd have gone for it. Like, Mm. why didn't I just do it? Why didn't I just try? And so I think for me, that kicks me up the backside whenever I'm afraid to do something, whether it's to say yes to a talk or to say yes to moving forward with a business idea or whatever it is. You know, when I started my membership site, it was terrifying. And so much, there was that whole fear that rose up in me again of who am I to do this? What if it doesn't work? What if no one signs up? But I think in the end, it was just, no, this is my life. And what at some point I'm going to, it's going to be the end of it. And I want to look back and know that I did all I could to go for it with my dreams and to just create as much amazing stuff as I possibly can. And I think you have to, and this is part of like conditioning yourself for success because you have to build up. So for me, thinking of the world and the planet and the universe, 
helps me to put it into perspective. So I think it's kind of having these go-to stories that you can, you know, visions in your mind that are going to tip you over the edge and make you think, yes, I'm going to do this. You know, um, you know what's really fascinating what I'm hearing in, in what you're sharing, which I love, by the way, thank you, so beautiful, is there's, there's almost this like paradox in what you're sharing in that in one thing you realized you really started to discover how much you'd been holding yourself back and what allowed you to really just unleash yourself was to not take it so seriously, to, yeah. to be okay with it not having to be the best and to be perfect and to be for everybody. And you lightened it by saying, I'm just going to be the experimenter going on an adventure. And it's like that to me, I sum that up is like not taking it too seriously. But then at the yeah. same time, the other side, you're approaching it from like, this is this finite amount of time that I have on this planet. And when I look back, do I want to sit there and regret that I didn't do it? And it's almost like this, like the seriousness of it. You know what I mean? Like there's this, yeah. it's very interesting to me. Cause I, I, I mean, I've resonated with both sides of that, but it's like, there's on one side, you're like, you know, don't take it too seriously. But the other side, it's like, but the stakes are high because you've only got so much time and you don't want to get to the end of your life and wish you didn't. And, I suppose uh, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, I find that really fascinating. And aliens. <laughs> I, got, I told you I'd get it in there, folks. I get it in there. But listen, last week we hosted a, a retreat for our coaching group. And it was at the Chuck Jones Center for Creativity, which is like perfect place. And Chuck Jones, he's like responsible for like all the Looney Tune characters like Bugs Bunny and stuff. And there's a quote that he said. It's like right at the front of the entrance. And he says, the rules are simple. Take your work but never yourself seriously. I love that. Pour in the love and whatever skill you have and it will come out. And I think that is another beautiful way of like explaining this paradox of like, take your work seriously. You know, like that's really what Carrie's talking about here. So like when I get to the end, I want to make sure that I gave all that I could, that I lived fully but I'm not going to take myself too seriously. I'm not going to try and be a perfectionist. I'm not going to try and avoid making mistakes. I'm not going to worry about how good I look to everybody. And yeah. that, I think that it just sounds like that allowed you to finally go, okay, let's do this. Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, amazing. So you want to take us a little, I think people are like probably pretty curious at this point. You know, you built up this massive community and you've been doing it for seven years and you'll probably be doing it for another seven years. Um, you want to take us a little bit through the process of the exercise that you invented that birthed this super successful female entrepreneurs association. So yeah, I would love to. So my mission success project challenge, I love a good challenge. Whenever I'm in need of, of a kick up the backside, I give myself a challenge and it was basically to, see what I could create if I really committed to this idea of creating my, this successful life and this successful business and what would it be like? And it all really started with knowing what the vision was. And it wasn't so much about knowing in a really crystal clear way and everything and every little detail, but it was a more of like pulling together the vision of what I wanted things to be like and how I wanted what the feeling of the life I wanted to live kind of like I did when I was like a teenager. Mm because I'd kind of lost sight of that. 
And so that is where I began is to piece together this vision. So one of the earliest visions I had was actually the vision of creating the biggest network for female entrepreneurs around the world. I was really clear on this vision of wanting to help inspire and empower as many of them as I possibly could. And it was also I had little visions of I'd I'd watched other people do webinars and seen the communities they'd created and the love that was in that community for that person who had the guts to step up and say, this is what I stand for. Do you stand with me on this? I kind of got that feeling like I knew I wanted, which is weird because I'm I'm such a, I'm a bit of an introvert. And if you saw me in a room full of people, I wouldn't be the center of attention ever. (laughs) But I kind of had this vision of wanting to create something powerful online that people really stood behind and they, they knew me for doing that thing. I think I wanted to be, known for something, especially because my first business was phone unlocking and I didn't want anyone to know me for that. (laughs) I think it's because I was so passionate about what I was doing and it meant so much to me. So I kind of pieced together this vision. And then as I've gone, I've created vision boards and had more like goal folders and and I do my dream jar, which is where I kind of write down my dreams and goals on little bits of paper. And then I fold them up so I can go in like every day and pick one out and just open it up and see what it says. And then just spend like a minute visualizing it, which is actually a really good way to train your brain on visualization if you're not used to doing it. Because so often people are like, well, I don't know what to visualize. So write all your dreams out on a paper and just pick one out every day. Like when you're cleaning your teeth, pick one out and just read it. It's pretty cool. I got so many people to do it in my community and they send me pictures of their dream jars. Mm-hmm. But I just started to do that because I feel, well, I don't feel, I know you have to create the vision in your head, in your mind, yourself, before you can bring it into reality. Can, can I ask and a question think, there? Yes. Okay. Looking, you know, and you, as you described your vision, do you feel like you created the vision or do you feel like the vision came through to you? Do you understand huh. that question? Yeah. I don't know. I've I've sometimes wondered this. I mean, it was triggered by the experience I'd had with the first business that I was, I'd built, but I'm not sure. But I mean, I know that the visions that have come, like so many of the things I've done. So I remember deciding I wanted to do a TEDx talk, but not only did I want to do a TEDx talk, I'd seen ones and they'd had millions of views and I wanted mine to have millions of views. Mm. And so I put it on my vision board. I got really connected with this feeling of doing a TEDx talk and seeing my TEDx on YouTube. And then it happened. I was actually contacted out of the blue about it, which isn't very like, I, this happens all the time. When I lock myself into a vision, I find the weirdest things start to arise. It's like the universe conspires to bring about your vision. Yeah. And so someone randomly approached me who followed FEA and um, I ended up doing the talk and my talk, there were other people on that day who I have to say their talks were a million times better than mine because <laughs> it was like one of the first times I'd spoken when I did my TEDx. Hmm. But my TEDx has had nearly 5 million views. And I think the person who spoke at the same event has, I think behind me is, I think they've got like a few, like maybe 100,000 views. Wow. And so like, why has mine got nearly 5 million And then just other things like, for example, my book, I knew I wanted to write a book back in 2011. And I knew also that I wanted Hay House to publish it because they're one of my favorite publishing houses. In fact, they are my favorite. And so I had the vision in my head long before it became my reality. And I would just take time to 
visualize Hay House reaching out to me and getting an email pop through. And I would just like, I, I don't even necessarily do it with my eyes closed. I could be walking, you know, my dog, visualizing, you know, thinking about like an email coming through and how I would feel seeing, you know, someone from an edit, editor from Hay House emailing me saying, oh, Carrie, we've, you know, we love what you're doing. Would you be interested in doing a book? And so I kind of like would start to, I started to visualize all of that stuff and, and visualize the contract and, visualize how it was going to feel when that actually happened and then I would visualize my well I would visualize getting the book finished because it was such a hard process for me so visualize it being done and the excitement of feeling like of sending it over to the editor and being like oh my gosh it's done I'm so excited it's finished and just how that was going to feel and again I would visualize over and over again my book arriving for the first time a sample copy and me opening it up and flicking through it and being like oh my gosh this is my book I have actually done it I'd go into bookstores and I would stand there just visualizing my book being on the shelf and seeing it and being like oh my gosh my book is right here and even up to you know visualizing getting an email saying carry your books an international bestseller I visualized all these things before they ever became my reality and it's the same for awards that I've won I, I mean I remember once being nominated for an award and I visualized it over and over and over again every single night before the awards winning it and I knew that the person who won was going to get a helicopter mentoring session with Lord Villamoria who is a, an amazing entrepreneur in the UK I imagined him sat to my right and I imagined the conversation that we would have and the questions I would ask him and I remember this one moment in my mind where I looked out the window and I said you knew you'd be here and here you are and I would visualize this every single night to the point that when it actually happened, I cannot distinguish in my head between the vision that I had and it actually happening because the two have merged so much because they were so similar. And he, Lord Billamoria, was sat to my right and I did look out the window and the photographer, there was a photographer on, in the helicopter with us, she took a picture at the precise moment that I actually turned my head and was thinking it. I didn't know she was taking the picture. Just stuff like that and like speaking at Hay House events and I would go along and sit at a Hay House event long before I was a Hay House author and I would be sat in the audience and I would tune out of what the person was saying and I I would be visualizing that it was me on stage talking to the audience. And I used to do it so often that I actually would sit there feeling nervous because I was connecting so heavily with how it was going to feel when I got on that stage and spoke. In my head, I would say my speech and I would say to the audience, it used to be me sat in the audience and I was visualize, I would visualize being here and now I'm here. And the first time I got on stage and said that and did that talk, I remember finding it so emotional that I nearly burst out crying because mm. I was like, I can't believe, like, oh, I can believe, but it's crazy to think that this was something I visualized over and over and over again. I just, for me, training your brain for success has so much to do with the visions that you're creating. And I think so often we get so caught up in the day to day and the doubts and the worries that we forget to do it. And I am guilty of this all the time. Like this year, I've definitely got caught up in the overwhelm of business. And the other day, actually, I was walking my dog and I got my phone and I've got Audible on my phone. So I decided to pick out a book to listen to and I ended up listening to this one called creative visualization and after like a, a minute of listening to it I realized that I had been so consumed by the overwhelm and the stress of the stuff I was going through that I'd forgotten to 
visualize where I was trying to get to. I was so excited to get home from the walk. And when I got home, I had this little dreaming session where I wrote out how I wanted FBA to look in six months time, how the team would be, how I would feel, what would be happening, how things would be working. And it felt so it felt like such a relief to have that vision solid in my mind as to what I'm working towards and where I'm trying to get to. Because now instead of focusing on the overwhelm, I can focus on where I want to be, not where I don't want to be. And so I think to me, like we all need reminders to do it, but it's such a powerful thing to do. We have to do it as entrepreneurs. We are the visionaries, we're the creators. So it's like, am I creating the vision and the business that I want or am I not? Am I getting stuck on the doubts and the worries and the fears and the things I don't want, not the things I do want? And so anyway, cut a long story short. (laughs) That's great. Back in 2011, that's what really helped kick off that mission. Yeah. Well, and it's also great to hear that as much as you do it and as good as you are at it, as much as you've mastered it, like we're human and it's like, Oh, I wasn't doing it here in this area of my life. And now I can. So that is so great. And it's so amazing. Just like, that's my favorite thing in the world is when a guest can come on and share like a specific thing that they visualized or, you know, set an intention for, and then bam, there it is. So I, I love that. Thank you for sharing those. So obviously visualization is a huge a huge component, a powerful tool. What are your thoughts, ideas, recommendations for someone that's like, but Carrie, I did this. I tried a visualization. It's just not working for me. I'm not as easy of a manifester as you. And this, you know, blah, blah, blah. What do you say to that? I say, stop taking it so seriously (laughs) and have fun with it. Like you can't do it so seriously. You have to do it in a way that you're trying to have fun with it. You're doing it to shift how you feel. So for example, I remember in the past when I've been building businesses and I've been completely broke and it's so stressful. But in that moment, you can actually visualize and take yourself off to a time in the future where you can experience right in this moment now having all the money you want and feeling how it would feel to have the money that you want you can connect and feel that way right now and to me visualization is about connecting with how you want to feel and experiencing it in that moment and to me that is amazing because not only is it fun it feels so good because it shifts your energy entirely. So for example, the other week, I went from feeling overwhelmed to feeling really excited. And every time I tune back in with that vision, I feel so excited for where I'm going to get to, for the reality that is going to be mine. And it's not like, you know, if it doesn't happen, maybe there's been so many things that I've, you know, wanted to happen that haven't happened or haven't happened yet. And sometimes it's not necessarily about like making every single one of those things happen because maybe you decide that it's actually not right for you or for whatever reason just isn't right and it just falls away. It's not getting to that point of having it. I think it's about visualizing it and training your brain to change like who you are becoming and who you are being in order to get there. And to me, it's about, that's what it's about. I think to me, and this is just my personal opinion, but like that is the purpose of life, like to figure out how to be the best version of yourself and how you can grow and expand and develop as, a, as an individual. And visualization for me is like you're strengthening that muscle in your mind that is allowing you to create a vision for your life that is better every single day. And it doesn't matter whether you 100% get there, 
but what matters is that you're doing it and you're doing it every day to try and create the best life and the best experience for yourself so yeah have fun Hmm. use it as an experiment and just yeah well i also love how you said it's a tool to shift how you feel and so i think people are like i can't see it or i'm not am i visualizing enough or it's not clear enough and it's like okay but when you say that how are you feeling Right. Are you feeling like frustrated and like disappointed and shaming yourself? Are you, you know, struggling even more? And that's not the point. In fact, I could even make an argument to say, like, you don't have to visualize at all. Like, I don't actually think that is the thing. I, I think Carrie found a tool that when she visualizes, it allows her to tap into a feeling. And it's the feeling that is bringing it to her. I mean, that's what I believe. And it's like, okay, if that's a tool we're going to use, like, make sure that you know that that's the intention that that's the goal is that it's like feeling that way now. I think that's so powerful because I, I also think that's why it doesn't work is in exactly what you're saying is people are trying to take it too seriously. And, yeah. uh, if you do that, then it's no longer going to feel very good then. I, so, yeah, I think you missed the point as well. It's not about like demanding everything right now. I think that's really egotistical. I think yeah. it's about like opening yourself up to being the best version of yourself and I think when you do it with that intention, it changes the game entirely. At least it has for me anyway. You know what? So. I'm going to add on that because you're right. You are missing the point because I'm just going to assume that this is true for you. But, well, I'm going to ask you, like, if you look back at all you've accomplished and you look back at your life and what you've done and the darkest points, the lowest points, the struggles, like all that, if you had to choose to do it over again and you could just push a button and get all the results that you have today, would you choose that? Would you choose to have the instant quick fix route? Or would you say, and you know, I'm probably leading you here in this question, but or would you say that what makes the results so great today is looking back at the deliciousness of all of it, of the waiting, of the testing to see how much trust and patience we have? What are your thoughts on that? A hundred percent. I would do it all over again and have all those experiences. And there's a phrase that I always stick by as an entrepreneur, and it's that you have to honor the process. Mm. And this is where conditioning yourself for success comes in, whatever way that is, like visualization or affirmations or quotes everywhere, whatever it is, in immersing yourself in having that success mindset. Um, because it's not always an easy journey. And when we are trying to take something that is an idea in our head and turn it into reality, it pushes us so far outside of our comfort zone that we feel overwhelmed. We feel like crazy people. And you have to honor that process of like breaking through that and getting to the other side. And it's different for every single one of us, but you know, we all experience it because it's like for anything in life, like, you know, there's challenges and struggles with everything. And I think it's for a reason because it teaches, it gets us to be a better version of ourselves, to learn more, to have to like look inwards at what we're doing and how we can be improve and be better. So I think that those lessons are there for a very good reason, but we have to honor the process because you can't skip the hard bits. You can't skip, you just can't. Like they're part of 
you, what you have to go through. That's what, how you become great at something. If you want to learn a language, if you want to play an instrument, you're going to have to go through those moments where it physically hurts your head to understand what you have to do. <laughs> like you sit down to play the piano and you've got to move your two hands at the different times. It hurts to try and figure it out and you just want to give up and you think this is hopeless, I can't do it. But if you keep practicing and you honor the process of learning how to be great at something, you break through and it's exactly the same for us entrepreneurs we have to honor the process so would i change it absolutely not because i would never be where i am today i wouldn't be the same i'd never be able to make the decisions i can make today because i wouldn't know how to (laughs) right right and there's even a whole other layer on top of that which this is what i always remind myself is that if i didn't go through the struggles that i went through i don't think i'd actually be able to help other people today yeah i just wouldn't know I wouldn't understand. I wouldn't have been able to say, oh yeah, I've been there and this is what worked for me. Yeah. It's just some, you know, it's just, again, it's it's a different perspective. So this has been amazing. Carrie, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time, time to chat with my audience. Loved it. Yeah. Before we wrap up, do you have any final like thoughts, comments, or words in order to call this episode complete for our listeners? My final words would be just go and do it. Like just give yourself permission to actually go out there and live the life and create the business that you want to create and don't think otherwise. And just, it's an adventure. So enjoy it. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, Carrie Green, thank you so much for listening. Carrie, thank you for being here and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. For years, I filled my head with every course, strategy, and tactic, yet I still struggled. I worked 12 to 14 hour days every single day trying to build an online business, yet I still had nothing to show for it. And you may be feeling this way as well. Maybe you're starting to think that the solution is to work more, to work harder, to start saying yes to the things that you know you shouldn't be saying yes to. And if this doesn't stop right now, where do you think you're gonna end up? You see, what most struggling entrepreneurs never ever realize is that your business and the results you have right now are simply a reflection of you. They're a reflection of you and the entrepreneur that you're being. And sadly, most people running businesses today don't have a clue how to actually be an entrepreneur. Now that's why they try to rely on the old outdated strategies that hardworking employees use to get ahead. You know, things like work harder, work longer, rely on your sweat equity, and of course, do what you're told. But you and I both know that being a successful entrepreneur is anything but that. And that's why I wanna peel back the curtain to show you exactly how I've been running and operating my multiple seven-figure online business for years now. And quite frankly, it's different than anything you've ever heard before. I've spent the past six months producing an eight-part mini-series entitled The Rise of the Digital CEO in order to help transform inner-driven entrepreneurs like yourself into who you need to become in order to grow and operate a thriving business that actually runs itself instead of it running you. Plus, I'll show you the five core ingredients that you simply can't do without if you want more scalability and consistency in your business. So if you're ready to step into that digital CEO role that you know you were meant for, 
head on over to www.jameswedmore.com forward slash rise right now. My business has transformed literally overnight. In less than five months, working a full-time corporate job, being a mommy to an eight-year-old boy, I grew my email list from 180 to 5,400 in less than five months. And the transformation has been huge, radical. I feel like I have those missing pieces that are really gonna allow me to scale my business and just absolutely have the most amazing breakthrough year. And it's transformed me into a, a better entrepreneur, a better businessman. Allowed me to do a six-figure beta launch uh, with a live event and all of that in May. You're teaching us skills. You're giving us skills. You're giving us the opportunity to do things that are really important, uh, having an impact in other people's lives. But the other thing that it's allowing us to do is to live a life of our own choosing.